Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Power Forgiveness Podcast. My name is Dwayne Staten, and I want to thank you for tuning in for another episode. This podcast is meant to help those toward the path of forgiveness, for the ones who have been hurt, heartbroken, forever changed by something that was said or done to them, which changed their mindset, the course of their relationships, their future, and even their life in general. With this podcast, I speak about the lessons I've learned from forgiveness, and I give it to you, the audience. Guess who's Bazak? Temporarily. So what's going on is my wife and I are still in the process of packing and moving, but I honestly felt something in my spirit to give y'all an episode. I felt bad for not giving you an episode. And the interview that I just did, oh my gosh, it <laughs> you'll definitely want to hear it. I had the pleasure of interviewing TikToker Danita Sabolka. Danita is a safe felon, stay-at-home mom, raising her kids God's way, and has been married for four years. She's building a ministry called God's Chosen Loner for those who have felt invisible their whole lives and wants people to know the power of forgiving those who destroy them and to teach people to love and break chains spiritually, mentally, and physically. She comes to us with a story about how she forgave the man who abused her, her abuser's wife, and her ex-husband. Oh my gosh, when I tell you so many gems were dropping this interview, so many gems were dropping this interview, and I definitely want you all to listen. Also, for new and returning listeners, please do us a favor and leave us a five-star written review on iTunes. It helps the podcast get more reach, and we would definitely appreciate that. And now, without further ado, here's the episode. Hello, everybody. This is Dwayne Staten with the Power Forgiveness Podcast, and today I have a great, awesome guest, Danita Sabolka. Say hello. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I met Danita through TikTok, and I was scrolling, looking through uh, Christian accounts, and I found her, and I was just saying, okay, let, let, me, see, let me see what she's about. And I was going through the videos, and I was just like, oh my gosh. And I was liking each video. I was like, I hope she doesn't think I'm a stalker. It's just, these are great videos. This is great content here. And when I saw that she had multiple videos on forgiveness, I said, I had to get her on. I had to get you on here. So thank you for being open to being a guest on my podcast. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So I want to start off with the icebreaker just to keep it light, keep it fun. What was the worst haircut you ever had? The worst haircut mm -hmm. was when I was young and my mom cut my long hair and put it up to here and it was puffy and it had bangs. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> How it puffy was, was it? Huh? How it was, was puffy. Oh, wow. It was like just, it was just puffy. Oh, wow. Nobody, growing up, you didn't do the hair straightener like that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So it was hair dryer, the hair blower. So that natural puff. You had a bang. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm going to say for me, the worst haircut for me was no haircut. During this pandemic, I could not go oh. to the barber at all. I was looking at myself like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I literally look like a different person. I look like a caveman. I looked at myself and I said, my wife is still married to me. This is a miracle in itself. <laughs> so when I when I couldn't get a haircut, it was bad. Like, it was just bad. Um, 
but then once they once the barbers open, thank you. <laughs> I was able to do yep. something, so I was happy for that. You learn to appreciate the little things. Oh my gosh, yes. And I'm not, I don't clown anybody for their hair. I used to clown my mom a lot. Then I was like, I was in that position. I'm like, you know, mom, I love you. I am so sorry for that. I'm just gonna stand over to the side with my jacked up hair and just be <laughs> humble. That's all I'm going to yep. do. So I remember when I messaged you, um, you said that you had, actually you had three stories. But out of the three, I know, and I was asking you to just pray on the one that, you know, God leads you to tell. So I know you have one for us. So please, the floor is yours. Please tell your story. Okay. So it starts in the beginning. There's a lot of things that start in the beginning. But the one thing that I want to focus on is the one that had taken my innocence mm. in the babysitter's house. That starts in the beginning because that's what leads up to destruction when I was a rebellious kid. Didn't focus in school, didn't listen to nobody in my house, none of that stuff. All because an older man took advantage of me in the middle of the night. I was confused. Nobody taught what self-control was. All I knew as a little girl was my brother was next to me on the bed sleeping sound asleep some grown old man is doing things to me, fondling me, and I was petrified. Oh it was gosh. in the middle of the night. That right there caused the fact where I was feeling what they call the orgasm at a young age. People think kids can't feel that, but it's like, you can. But because a child feels that, I was like, I didn't have self-control. I started taking objects to myself like, what is that feeling that I now must feel all the oh time? Oh my gosh, yeah. And that's how it was started. I remember he used to watch me take baths because the wife didn't know. She was doing her thing at the time. I was petrified taking baths. But if I didn't listen, I went on timeout. Yeah. So it all started where it's like that happened. And I remember I built the courage to tell her what her husband was doing. And all I remember as a child was I got punished. She sat me on the floor and punished me for speaking such things about her husband. And that was it. Ever since that, it was very uncomfortable for me to be in that house because mom and dad didn't know. I saw a babysitter punish me so god forbid if i told my parents they'll punish me too Whoa. if i tell my brother he'll punish me too you know that's the first thing a child sees oh snap i open my mouth like i'm supposed to about this stranger danger but the person that was supposed to be a family friend punished me instead so that's when i stood shut never really told anybody yet for years i wind up honestly built up on anger. I started hating those out of nowhere who didn't protect me. I was like, I hate my brother Danny because he didn't protect me when I was in the bed, but he didn't know. Yeah. You know, it's like you start hearing the voices like, oh, look, they didn't protect you. Go hate your mom, go hate your step pops. They didn't protect you. So you need to go start hating them. I started rebelling. 
I started not listening to their rules because I started, because you hate. When you hate your family, you won't do what they wanna do because they weren't there for you, even though they had no clue. Now with a great understanding, it's like, can you blame them? It's because as a child, you didn't open your mouth uh-huh. you know, to the right person. I figured going straight to the person, but who knew, you know, you're gonna get punished for that. Eventually I got criminal records. I became a felon. I started drinking my pain away. I started like, I slept around with multiple people because again, no self-control was taught. You gotta have that feeling. I slept with a bunch of men and I slept, I didn't go all the way with women, but my curiosity was all of these men's I've been raped so many times during my whole life, but it all started with the husband, the babysitter's husband. Yeah. So then the pattern started happening when it's like, okay, 12 years old stuff happened. Okay. Now 16 years old stuff happened. And almost every year things started happening to me back to back. I couldn't keep a relationship because they were either after one thing. Nobody taught me how to be a girlfriend, how to be a mother, how to be a wife, how to be a sibling. Instead, I'm trying to fiend for this feeling. I got no self-control, how to handle it. Yeah. No one really teaches you in a Hispanic home. You're taught, don't sit on a man's lap, but you're not really taught why. Why is it I can't sit on a man's lap? Yeah. Instead, you don't sit on the man's lap, but you also don't have the discernment to righteously judge them. You don't know what you're looking out for, right? Yeah. And that was the thing. Nobody ever taught that. They don't. That's why so many kids, you know, things happen to them because nobody's teaching discernment. What is discernment? I learned that as an adult five years ago just five years ago and I'm 36 now, you know, nobody teaches that stuff. So leading to drinking my pain away, I was dating people. I didn't find self-worth. I was always told I was a nobody. I'm not good enough. I'm gonna be a dropout. I'm gonna be nothing. And all these men did nothing but brutally rape me, brutally beat me mentally and physically. Love was something I did not know what it was. I don't know what love is because as a kid, you're supposed to protect the child and some grown man was destroying me. So that was my life. It's just, okay, it's normal to just go have sex with a whole bunch of people. But as a, as a woman, I was looking for love. I was looking for a man. Well, I want a man to protect me because nobody's protecting me. I want to be led right, but nobody was leading me right. They were leading me to either smoking and drinking and clubbing and sex. That was it. That was it. That was what I was being taught by all of the people around me that I chose. I rebelled against mom and dad. So I left home at like 18, 19. And then I rebelled. I got devoured in the world. You know, my two oldest kids through force, they didn't want to take no. Wow. You know? I, I just, I have so many stories about it. But when it came to the power of forgiveness for the man who 
took my innocence. Yeah. I learned years later that with God, five years ago, when he taught me what real love was, he was like, I'm going to teach you what real love is. It's not what all of these men, horrible people did to you. Yeah. First off, you got to love yourself. Yeah. You got to be able to look in the mirror and love who you are because you represent me, God. You can't go help love anybody if you don't love you. You become a hypocrite. How do you teach the sick if you're sick yourself? Talk about that one. It doesn't make any sense. And I always grew up around people all about church. Oh, you got to go to church. You got to become a member. You got to do this. But I'm like, I see so many people doing nothing but work in church and all the homes are empty. You know, the homes are empty. Nobody's home to teach and disciple and train up kids. Instead, they're letting the schools do it. They're letting the friends do it. And they're letting the church people do it. It's like, that's not none of their jobs. God blessed us with the children. He didn't bless all those three people, those three different environments. And that's the issue that God is trying to honestly restore. God works in an order. The moment you honestly, he created you, your spouse, and then he gave you kids. Your ministry starts with you. He'll bless you with your spouse. Now it's becomes them together. Then he'll give you your own church ministry with your kids. Then as soon as you train them up and disciple them, then the Lord will bless you with the harvest, which is now the church building out there. But everybody is focused on God and the strangers. And it's like, no, it's supposed to be God, family, church. But when you skip the order, look at everybody rebelling. No one's home for the broken. No one's home for orphans and widows. Mm -hmm. Everybody is just out there in anger and bitter and gossiping and slandering. So God was like, God wind up taking me out of the world when I was getting devoured. Mm. I got sliced up if I honestly told the man no. Growing up, I wasn't allowed to say no. It was like I grew up because of that babysitter's husband that took something so precious. I allowed so many to keep taking and taking and taking and taking. Until God was like, you know what? No more. I left the last person I was with, my youngest son. I left my abuser. I said, I left my home. I left my job. I left friends. I left everything I ever knew. And I went to go listen to my ex-husband. He was like, come stay in my couch. Uh Because I wind up staying on the couch with my kids with nothing. He helped house me. And this is the same man that left me and my daughter at the time homeless for another woman. Whoa. Exactly. I wind up forgiving him. I wind up forgiving him. Because God gave me a great understanding, like he don't know no better because of such a this, 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 and that. So while the Lord, honestly, when me and him were separated, I was getting trained up on the understanding about why my ex-husband chose another woman. I never hated that. It was like, it proved 
that if the man leaves, women and children fall. Uh-huh. Now our home is built on sand. There's no rock. Now it's just sand. And women will get to where we got to go, but it's going to take us so long because now we don't have the man who to provide and lead us the right path. So he offered us um, his couch. I wind up getting a job. He helped me watch the kids while I got a job. And from there, I was getting money, helping him pay his bills. He was helping me, sheltering me. So that's how it worked both ways. We thought as humans, oh, maybe God is storing us back together. But he was still into his ways of not being right, little did I know, and then I was fooled. It was like, no, and God was like, stop listening to the whispering of the ears, thinking that these men are for you just because they shout out God, it's not them. Talk about, can you say that one more time, please? He said, I don't remember. <laughs> it was, he's like, don't listen to the whispering ears where just because they mention God don't mean I'm with them. That, that's- Amen. So- that's a word. That's a whole sermon. That's a whole <laughs> sermon in itself. Because if you remember when Jesus was tempted, Satan knew the Bible too, and he knew what to say. Yeah, yep. I mean, that he was with God. That oh my God. Keep going. Keep yep. going. I'm sorry. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> so then after realizing that, I was like, you know what? He's still talking to other women. I was seeing it, confronting him, and he kept denying it. But God wind up showing me. He showed me what it was like to have discernment. He was like, ask and you'll receive. So I said, Lord, I'm going to ask you right now. If this man is for me, then show me. If he's not, show me the dark secrets that he's hiding from me out in the open. All of a sudden, his phone was blowing up with these women. All of a sudden, his social media wasn't Uh-oh. hidden. And that's when I wind up, I didn't lose my cool. I confronted calmly because God taught me barking too much ain't gonna go nowhere. Instead, come to the person calmly because, you know, something about, you know, when two people arguing in wrath, nobody hears anything. So I gave him a chance. I gave him a chance to tell me and he wind up lying. So instead I stacked up what I could Tax came, tax wound up coming. I saved my money and I was like, you know what, Lord? I can't be here no more. Show me a way out. Yep, yep. Little did I know my daughter had a dream and she was like, Mom, I'm like, yes. She was like four at the time. She's nine now. She's like, Mom, God wanted me to let you know that you're going to change your name. And I'm like, what do you mean I'm going to change my name? Mm-hmm. she drew pictures she drew a picture of stick figures of a man and a woman with a rainbow on top and a purple gift box and three crosses and the name was David and I'm like who's David <laughs> I didn't know right right <laughs> I didn't know my ex-husband ain't named that <laughs> I didn't know So while I was working in Panera Bread being a delivery driver and serving people, I worked with a guy named David, but he didn't look noticeable Okay, because he had very long black hair and a very long black beard. And I snapped my tight and he was dressed in raggedy clothes. 
So what caught my attention with him was he had the eyes that lit up, sparkling blue. He, God showed me that he glowed and his heart was for Jesus. So instead of, I never honestly questioned God. I'm like, okay, so this is my man. He's raggedy. We can't have that. Just so like David. He didn't have a house. He did not have a house for me. He was living, he's a recovering addict. He was living mm. in those um places where you got to share like rooms with people. A recovery so house? He didn't have nothing. Yeah. Halfway house. Halfway, Recover- house. halfway house. Yes. So he was in the halfway house and I was on a couch. He had nothing to offer me, but I had money from taxes. I had savings. So I was like, all right, we got to make sure this man knows how to be there for me and mine because I will not allow another man to destroy me and my children and leave us homeless again. Because what people didn't know was while people was cheering me and my ex-husband to get back together, they didn't know what was going on in the house that he was talking to other women and he was threatening me like, you got to get out of my house. I don't care. You got to get out of my house. And I'm like, you're going to kick me and your kid out again, along with now my son. He didn't care. So while that was happening, God was already putting what was now together. Me and David started now speaking about God. I was like, I don't know why, but my daughter had a dream about you. I need to know about you. And he was talking nice and calm. He was speaking. We got to know each other. I was like, let's go to Walmart. Let's go buy you some new clothes because I can't have you looking like this. You shouldn't be looking like this. You over (laughs) here walking. He was walking to work for two hours every day, going to work for two hours, going back home for two hours. I'm like, no, we're going to fix your license. We're going to clothe you and you need a better job to come lead us and feed us, right? Because we need a home. We need anywhere for right now to live on our own. That's exactly what happened. He left Panera Bread and he wound up getting a way better job. And we wind up finding a reg- one of the guys that we were friends with and Panera offered his couch. So for now, we gathered what we gathered, went to a friend's couch, stood there for a month, created savings. And then some Amish had like some abandoned apartment because Amish, the ones that we dealt with don't believe in cleaning products like us. Really? Yeah, the one we dealt with, because the reason why they didn't want to clean it and fix it, because they were getting ready for the house to be demolished, because it was so bad. It was so bad. But that was the only little bit that the person had. We didn't have no doors, no privacy. We already went through like the eight different plagues of bugs, because whoever was living there was nasty. They were very dirty. So my husband and I, we looked at this place. I'm like, you know what? We're going to have to clean it for the time before they demolish this house. We got one year to live here. He's a carpenter. So we ripped up things. I wind up painting the walls, making it as best as we could. We bombed the place. This was a very small box. Right. Very small. And the dirt 
and infest this, infest, what was it? The dirt and dust was this thick on the rug. My husband took it all out. We wound up doing what we were doing. We didn't have no furniture. Our furniture was blow up beds and a blow up couch, the air <laughs> not, mattress. Not mad at it. And our dining table was Isabel's Minnie Mouse little table with pink chairs. That's how we ate. It was literally just like that. The kids had to share a room. There was no door. We were sleeping on an air mattress with the lights on. I was always petrified at, at night. I mean, at nighttime with the lights because oh. it was infested with bugs. Oh, thank no. God, you know because the landlord at the time didn't want to put in a bunch of money to go get an exterminator or whatever. So he found it in his heart to wind up taking some money out of his and helping us with an exterminator. And everything was now dead. When I say we dealt with eight plagues already, we already dealt with all that. Facts. <laughs> Facts. You know, my husband was, is allergic to bees. Bees were coming through the house. Oh, they no. were everywhere. And if no. he gets stung, he's dead. And I told my husband, don't fear. We're going to wind up doing all of this. We were going through that in our first year of marriage. Mind you, when I did meet him, we got married in one month. And that was the first cross my daughter drew. The first cross. That was spiritually marriage. We went to a Christian bookstore and we got, I still got one of the rings. We bought $24 Christian rings with Bible verses. We went in the parking lot and it was like, you're mine, I'm yours. These are your kids, let's do this. That's it, nobody was around. <laughs> I, I, I'm that type like, I don't got time for this. We need to go stack up money and get out of the house that we at. Okay. So then the second cross represented this our two month anniversary. Right. Was getting married legally in the court. Right. Then after that, we were getting to know who we were. He's never been with a married woman. Mind you, I'm seven years older. He's young. Okay. He never been with he never been with kids. He's not a parent. And he's never been with anybody when I met him five years pure. He'd been just chilling, you know, making sure right. he was sober, right. sober and doing the work of God. Right. So then when we got to know each other in our first year of marriage, it was hell <laughs> because he didn't know what to do. And I was so advanced and I'm like, I can't have this child because at first I was looking at him as a kid. You're younger than me. How are you going to honestly lead this family? I can't do this. But the Lord, thank you. God, with mercy and grace and forgiveness and patience. Yes, yes. We were learning that. We were learning that. So then when we, in our first marriage, we established all of that, getting to know each other, we started working on our wedding celebration that represents the third cross. It did not happen until April 25th, 2018. Okay. But God was like, the Lord told me, he was like, before you step foot in my altar, you better go forgive everyone you hate, Hello. which is your family. You got to hate that man that stole your innocence. I mean, hate him, love him. You got to forgive him. You got to forgive your family. 
You got to forgive every single person that didn't protect you, that wasn't there, that you felt that neglected you. You got to go forgive them before you walk down the aisle. I don't want you with no corruption and I want your heart free because I want to get the glory. I can't get the glory if you're stuck in your ways. Good gracious. So I forgave everyone. I forgave everyone. And the Lord was like, everybody in your family that you, you hate for not being there, I blessed them with the gift and they're going to be the ones who are going to wind up decorating your marriage, Uh, your wedding celebration. And guess what? Our wedding celebration was literally with a little bit of people from the little church we were at and the people that were never there for me, I felt at the time. And the Lord established the table with my enemies serving me. I literally was just thinking about that verse. Literally that verse just came to me. And then the Lord was like, you were rebellious and a black sheep to your family. You too, Danita, were an enemy to them. So with you forgiving them and everybody working together as a family unit, the love breaks it. Love breaks the hatred. Mm -hmm. And then everybody was gathering, breaking bread together when we all used to just despise each other because nobody could have handled me when I was a black sheep Mm -hmm. and I didn't care for them. So the Lord established the table. And now the man that took my innocence, he died with sickness and disease. Mm. He never asked me for forgiveness. Actually, there's a couple of men that never asked me forgiveness and they both died. One died with cancer. The other one died with diabetes and other stuff because the Lord showed me that they were not, they weren't right on the inside. Even though they were sitting in the church building, even though they were professing Jesus as Lord, but the Lord blessed me with eyes to see. And I saw that they were not right. Uh. They weren't. They were still infested with the pervertedness. But people were so busy, they can't see that. Yeah. Right? They can't see that. They're so busy out of the house that they don't know what to look for. Oh, my brother or sister's in the church with me, praising hallelujah, but you don't got the eyes to see. Uh. You don't. So now, check this. Now God is showing me how to love the, the widow. The wife became a widow. She punished me. And now I'm over here. She got sickness. So now the Lord is using me to go pray for her. Give her advice. She don't know what's going on. And I see online social media because I didn't want to have nothing to do with them. But um, I noticed they wanted to see my life. So I allowed them in. And now I see that she is getting sick. And now I'm over here texting her, beloved, how about you go fast and pray all that toxicness that is honestly going to destroy your temple so you can go get free and heal? Who does that with the woman who punished me for telling that her husband molested me? 
That's how God gets the glory. When you get out of your feelings, you don't allow your emotions to take over. And then look, this is how forgiveness is. Because the Lord showed she lost everything. Her everything was her husband. Now she's alone with her family helping her, but she goes to sleep alone. Mm. Now she's great with Jesus. Now she's great with Jesus. I pray so because I don't know the heart. The only way I could see it is, does her eyes light up? Does she carry the glow? You know, only God can give you open eyes and the glow. The world can't. Yeah. So little by little, I'm seeing it with her because she smiles and she has joy. Yeah. That's how you see it. Only God blesses you with true joy, not the world. The world know nothing about that at all. So now that is my story of the power of forgiveness, where now I'm praying for the one who punished me. <laughs> I have a bunch more. <laughs> We the, other, the other man that died, the Lord wind up using me to go to his church to see he wasn't right. And the way that I honestly had forgiveness was I hugged him uh, because I knew, I knew God was avenging me and I felt bad. Like he's dying inside. So I'm going to give him a hug to show him I forgave him. When I tell you, this is funny. Another friend of mine, another sister in forgiveness, she had forgiven someone and hugged him in church to show yeah. that she forgave him. You know what her name was? Danita. <laughs> well, I lie to you not. And I'm sitting here just like, this is crazy. Now what okay this oh my gosh you can just end the episode with that but we're not that is nothing but the power of christ right there nothing but because god kept you for a reason for a purpose and i see that happening now in you because all that stuff you, you had a should have, should have died, should have gone crazy, should have overdosed, should have gone worse. And yeah, but God, look at you now. Look <laughs> at, look at you now. There's Because God taught me, God taught me in my walk with him the last five years, the power of love, the power of forgiveness. And he also taught me, don't ever allow those type of people in this world to hold the chain around your neck Talk be free yeah. be free mentally physically and spiritually and i've been free i've been free since i will never allow anybody to hold me down ever again that's why i'm always cheerful that's why i'm always in joy i live a free life i do not watch no tv I don't got no time to see what's going on in the world. I'm enjoying my family, my husband. We're getting to know more people. I just live 
with love. That's like true freedom when you're spiritually free and mentally free and physically free. Nobody holds me down. Not anymore. Not anymore. Sounds God like always told me that I was going to be a secret with a secret weapon. Yeah, that's Instead awesome. of hating the enemy, he's going to flip the script. Now I'm going to wind up being presented to the enemy and go help serve them because they're lost. And all I'm going to do is go serve them, feed them, clothe them, show them love. Facts. That's how you give God the glory. Facts. Nothing but facts. So, oh my gosh, it's so, this, it's so much to unpack, which is amazing. <laughs> and that's, that's only just, a little bit. That, that's just, okay, let, I need to get my life together. So, Really quickly, you gave us so much gem. I wanted to ask you this. In the beginning, you talked about how you lost your innocence. You know what I mean? And you talked about where that led. Talk to me about, as you look back at it, what would you say to your younger self going through that now? What I would say to my younger self, that's honestly tough because I've never thought about that. Mm. I probably would have told myself, don't worry, D, you're going to make it. Yeah. Even though everything right now, you're surrounded by wolves and darkness. But that was the beginning of your furnace. Yeah. That was the beginning yeah. where you, you stepped into the furnace and the fire was all around you, but you never got touched because now you made it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There it is. There it is. <laughs> And, our, and here's the th one thing, I'm not going to lie, when you said that fear of punishment keeps you from speaking, that is nothing but the truth. Because it only takes someone from, it takes an adult, I'm going to speak from a kid, they yell, I shut up. If they say you won't get in trouble if you tell, I shut up. So that's yep. nothing but the truth. So what was that like, holding that in, keeping that silent? <sighs> It ruins keeping the biggest secrets of what people did to me yeah. was the hardest thing because you can't focus. You bottle everything in your mind to the point you don't live an orderly structured life yeah. at all. You don't know what love is. You don't know what discernment is. You don't know what gentle kindness is. You don't know what self-control is. The only way I learned that was five years and still to this day, the fruits of the spirit uh -huh. teaches that they'll teach you the 10 commandments, but what about the fruits of the spirit? Yeah. Well, that, you know, because the greatest commandment is love, yeah. but you got people hating each other over the things of this world. But then at the same time, they're like, go love your neighbor. And that causes confusion because it's like, you're a hypocrite. You can't mm. love your neighbor if you can't love the president. That don't make no sense. <laughs> you know, it just does not. Because all I know is I never speak about politics because I know nothing about it. You don't speak things that you don't know nothing about. Instead, God told us to go pray for them. Go pray for them. They need it. They needed more. They don't know what they're doing. There's a lot of people that don't know what they're doing. 
but with respect and love, I pray for them. I be denying myself by not eating sometimes, take a break, I fast. I do the Daniel fast a lot because I'm so desperate to plead for my peoples. I be pleading for the ones in authority. That's that's my life. Ain't nobody yeah. know about that. That's that's between me and God, but now I share it with people yeah. because the Lord said that if you keep shut, nobody will ever hear the message and you'll be held accountable for not speaking the truth and going to help free your peoples. You don't free your people if you stay shut. And I'm over here and I have PTSD. I got anxiety issues, depression, schizo. I got bipolar. I got so many issues, but here I am. Yeah. Here I am. Nobody ever taught what this stuff is. What is all this stuff? I didn't know what this stuff was. I never even knew what a transgender was until now. It's like, what is that? We didn't grow up with that. In our home, we always grew up with everybody together. Didn't matter what your color was. In a Hispanic home, I'm a Puerto Rican. You know, you got the Indians, you got the Blacks, you got everything. We all yeah. mixed. Yeah. We're all mixed. That's how it was. I'm born in Harlem, you know, in the projects. So it's like, that's how it is. Everybody comes together. I thought I heard the New York accent in you. I'm not going to lie. I thought I heard it. <laughs> hey, I, born in it. Harlem and raised in the Bronx. Yeah. Oh my. I heard it. I was just like, that sounds like New York, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to assume it, but okay. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Yo, it's all well and good. <laughs> so when you were talking about how kids are not taught for it, when you said um, kids aren't really, like, don't sit on the, they're taught um, not to sit on the person's lap when they're not taught why I brought me the verse where it says, my people are destroyed by a lack of knowledge. We need to let our, we need to let our, we need to really talk to our kids. And some things I understand there's apprehensions, like they're not ready for it, but there are mm -hmm. times where we have to let them know about what's happening. Yeah. And I don't really sugarcoat that much. Like I'm wise what I share, Yeah. but I also tell the kids truth right now with the charter school, we doing the K-12 charter school. Yeah. So they're teaching kids about drugs. And yeah. I told my husband, I'm like, they never taught me about cocaine. I never even heard of that until I grew up. Whoa. <laughs> you know, they're teaching now all of this stuff of what people are going through, but they're now teaching the kids what to look out for. I honestly don't have a problem with that because me and my husband, my husband's a recovering addict. That's his teaching where it's like, yeah. If you go do drugs and you keep having sex with multiple people, you're going to have a bunch of baby mama, baby daddies, and a bunch of kids all around. Look at the homes. They're broken. Look at the people on the streets uh, overdosing. So it's important for you as parents to teach your kids. Right now, I'm learning that, okay, this is what the school's teaching, but I'm going to teach it the way I understand and they'll understand me. Same with my husband. That's what we do. We don't leave them unintended only for the school to teach. It's like, no, they need a great understanding as to why there's drugs and medications. Why? Yes. They, they need to learn all that. Yes. And that I believe is the issue with society is they're not teaching the great understanding. No one has understanding while the world is rebelling. They sit here and throw 
the Bible to your face if you're gay, but nobody is developing the relationship as to why. I was once gay. I was once a trans. I hated being a woman because of being brutally beaten and raped. Who in the world wants to be a woman? I want to take all of it. I used to get bullied in school for being a girl that was developed. So people tear down your identity. And that's when I started dressing like a guy. I used to want to be a boy. That yeah. was it. Because when you're a girl, you, you're put to shame for being developed. And then all these men is taken. So I relate to the alcoholics, the invisible people. I relate to domestic violence people. I relate to the sex trafficking people. I was sex trafficked too. Mm. That's how I got my second son. Yeah. You know, I can relate yeah. to people who are Satanists. I used to, to date one. You know, without knowing, I know how it's like to be an alcoholic, the cigarette, the weed smoker, all of that stuff. My husband can relate to the homeless too. Me too. He knows about the drug life. We yeah. know all about that stuff. So with great understanding, this is why the Lord uses us for a time such as this to start speaking, to go set the people free. I was given a, my, first, my first dream last year. I never had dreams and visions. Ain't nobody teaching that. Right. I didn't know what that was. My first dream was a big, huge glowing hand giving me the biggest golden key. There was golden gates behind the hand and all I heard in a still soft voice, you're gonna go be my Esther. You're gonna Whoa. go. I didn't know what that was. He was like, you're going to be my Esther and you're going to go help save my people in the underground world. Oh my God. Now I'm here. So I'm doing what I can. I don't know. I'm just doing what the Lord wants me to do. That was my first dream. <laughs> Imagine like, Lord, how in the world you giving me this? I ain't first off worthy. How in the world am I going to get the hood honestly to listen to me? He was like, watch, you're going to have the people listen. Let's now go. I got over now lately I'm used to being invisible now every day I got thousands of people hitting me up on TikTok because they're so hungry for the truth and I'm like yeah. all right I'm gonna give it I don't sugarcoat <laughs> nothing though yeah you know, I don't somebody hit me up yesterday they're like can I get a prophetic word over my life I'm like uh who are you? I don't know you. Right, right, I mean, right. What you're going through and we'll start from there. I ain't no psychic. I don't know you. Let me know your name. Let me get to know what you're struggling with. Then we'll work from there. I ain't no prophetic person to just know unless the Lord gives me. Uh -huh. We already got dreams. I got a vision of fires all around last year. My husband got the dreams of tornadoes last year. Now people are hitting me up because we don't watch the news. We don't know what's going on. Now I get hit up and he gets hit up like, yo, there's tornadoes 40 minutes where we live now. Jeez. And then everybody's coming up my phone telling me everybody out here is um, burning in fires. Their house is getting destroyed. Their jobs are getting destroyed everywhere the crops are getting destroyed i'm like ooh, i didn't know nobody has taught me what visions and dreams were nobody teaches me what it's like to be a messenger nobody teaches you how to prophetically speak i learned it straight up with god 
my my house don't we don't watch the news we don't do none of that stuff i literally get all of my my wordings from scripture and just the holy spirit talking to me that's it i blast music from morning to night to calm my because you know being a schizo you got to calm them voices and i only listen to things that speak life into me that's it that's how i honestly learn how to deal with my mental issues you got to learn it, understand it, and train yourself how to deal with it because the world don't really know how to deal with the rebellious people. Nobody knows how to deal with the sick because the church is not teaching how to deal with the actual sick. No. They're not. How no. do you prove? How do you prove that Jesus is the healer when you yourself are a glutton and an addict? And you don't have self-control. You're eating all this junk food. And look at now you got sickness and disease. You're obese. You can't move. What good are we if we're like that? I speak it because I lived it. I used to have cervical cancer. I used to have pre-diabetes. I was an obese person, 200 to 230 pounds. I was not taking care of myself. I kept eating, eating, eating fast food four times a week. Nobody teaches how to cook. None of that stuff. There's no self-control. And then the Lord helps me to learn what fasting is. Uh -huh. I've been doing this fasting for five years straight now, learning from it. And it teaches, you don't have to starve yourself. You go pick what you want to fast and you give it up for however long that you desire in your heart. That's it. That's all the Lord wants. So I gave up by doing the Daniel fast three years ago for the first time when it was brought to my attention by the Lord. And that, ta that taught me for 21 days how to be disciplined and self-control. And now we don't eat out like that like we used to. We'll enjoy it, but it's all about changing the way you think. If you're yeah. gonna go to McDonald's, don't always get the burger. Maybe try something new, get the chicken sandwich with no bread maybe. You never know. Or actually, who goes to McDonald's for some salad? It's all about honestly training your mind. That's you true. Know, that's all it is. We go enjoy restaurants now because we no longer have the gluttonous ways and we now learn the self-control. It's a process day by day. That's why we're called to fast and pray because we need to learn how it's like to, you know, be disciplined. But people don't do that. That's why everybody's dying. They dying with sickness and disease all over, popping all these pills, thinking it's gonna go cure them. And you're over here becoming an addict, popping them pills. And all you gotta do is go eat some fruits, vegetables, some oatmeal, maybe rice, some beans, and you good. Go drink a smoothie, go try out the juicing. I started doing that and I feel great. I got ADHD, so I need to be able to be in structure in a schedule and have everything in order because my mind races so much. My husband laughs at me. He's like, I can't keep up with you. I'm like, it's all good. Everybody's like, yo D you make all these videos. I'm like, because while the person is working a nine to five and they can't honestly go spread the word because then, then what? They can't spread the word from nine to five. And then they get out of work, have maybe two minutes for themselves and then they go working like 6 p.m. to God knows midnight working at the church. There's no time for them. 
they start eating out. Then they start getting big. Then they start, their body starts, what is it, decaying? And then the Lord said he's going to honestly destroy the temple. He's going to allow all this sickness and disease to get destroyed because nobody want to listen. Why else would the Lord honestly want us to soldier up and be prepared and ready? Because we over here fighting plagues. You can't fight no plague or anything when you're sick. You can't. How no. do you honestly fight the flu? I've never had the flu before because I listened to God. I no. haven't been sick in the last going on four years because I listened. I wind up listening. You know, I started eating what the Lord wanted me to do. Daniel Faz is pretty much being a vegetarian. I try that whole vegan lifestyle and nope, I, I can't do it. I can't, I do not have the time and patience or the money to be buying all of these vitamins just to catch up. Go eat some meat. The Lord blessed us with some meat. Go eat it with Thanksgiving. Gotcha. It's crazy. So really, I, I hear that. Quite, here's something I really wanted to get to. How did you get to that point of forgiveness? How did you get there? The only way that I got to that point was self-love. There's no way, there's no way you can, can forgive anybody if you have hatred in your mind. If you hate you, you hate God and you hate everyone else. Talk about it just don't make sense. It don't make sense. So that's how the Lord honestly taught me. He was like, it starts with you. I'm going to give you the steps how to love you. Go start doing exercise. Growing up in the hood, we don't do no mountain climbing. We ain't taught none of that. We got buildings and streets and a couple of trees. But my husband loves hiking. When we met, he was like, I want to show you the hiking. I'm like, I don't do that. No. I stopped him until I was like, you know what? Let me go do what you like. But now because I listen, I'm getting my exercise. I smell nature. I'm seeing the true beauty that the Lord blessed us with. I'm healthy. He's healthy. And that's all it is. It's all about being obedient. And now I love going out. I'm, so, I'm more of an introvert. You know, I don't talk to people because they destroyed me. But the Lord was like, if you allow your anxieties to get in the way of speaking and being social, you're no good for me. You're no use, I should say. You're no use for me. How can I use you when you don't speak and spread the gospel, the true gospel? There's too much washed up over there. You know, I just thought about it earlier. What if Jesus comes back when the true gospel comes, not the washed up stuff? Everybody's so delusioned right now with deceived with the washed up gospel that he ain't going to come yet. And so he honestly can gather all the people that heard the truth. Yeah, This is stuff that I honestly come up in my mind when I'm alone with God. And I'm like, you know what? I don't got time to get washed up with the gospel over there. I already did. I did. I know what it's like to be in a religion that it's nothing but rules and no love and no relationship. Oh I've been my there. Gosh, I've been yes. out of so many churches, so many of them because I wasn't perfect. You know, everybody out here is rebuking people for having their issues and nobody's doing what Jesus said. How about you go receive my people? 
You know, are you going to go receive the child who got molested like myself and it caused her to go look at women and not know who she was? I got confused. Maybe women can go please me since men brutally raped me. Wow. So then you start honestly getting confused and then you start looking at both ways. And the Lord wants people to honestly come receive, sit down with someone like me, understand them, why they became gay, why they became a trans, why they got all this trauma issue. No one's given them the time of day. Instead, people are like, your trauma issues are demonic. Your mental issues are demons. I'm like, so how about you go help me with the proper tools to go fight these demons? Nobody want to do it. So God is teaching me to have a helmet on and the armor on and how to honestly have a shield to block everything. Ain't nobody taught me that. Only God. Only God is teaching me that. And that's the issue with today. Nobody's willing to teach nobody any of that. I thank God my little church does. My little church is all about that. We don't do church four times a week and they don't make people be members because they have a huge family to attend to. And then everybody in our church family has lives. They got their large families. They got their jobs. Nobody got time to honestly work full time, come to church full time and neglect the home all the time. It don't make sense. It really don't. And that's why I believe the Lord is going to start shaking all these homes because he's knocking on the homes and nobody's home because they're too busy with their idols. I can't, nobody can be used if you're stuck in your ways of, I don't want to let go of my job. I don't want to let go of my church ministry. I don't want to let this go, Lord, because they're thinking that it's from God. And it's like, well, then you can't be used for me if you're not willing to deny yourself for me, because I'm going to need you to go move somewhere else because I got other people who need you, but people are not doing it. They're only being stuck to where they want to be. People get confused because a pastor gave them their job. They automatically think, oh, this is the Lord. He answered my prayers. But you never got a confirmation from the Lord alone. You never went to your prayer um, closet to get the confirmation. Instead, you automatically assume because he got a title, that's your task. And so many people fall. Gotcha. They perished because of that. Gotcha. You talk about self-worth, worth, not work, self-worth. Let's talk right, Dwayne. What was that like when you got that realization and then living and walking in that? What was that like? I realized, I mean, the way I realized now self-worth, it's like, you know what? Now I can say I am a warrior. I fought so many. Now I could say, I am beautiful. I will not allow these people to think that I'm the most hideous thing because they spat me out, you know? I was their slave. Now I'm no longer their slave. Now I'm free and the Lord's using me because he helped establish self-love. That's how you find your worth. You have to love you. And now when you have the eyes of discernment, you start seeing like, wait a minute, all these people look like how I used to be. 
they're still wrapped in their chains because they don't know self-love. People aren't willing to give up and leave their abuser because you got church folks, you got church folks out there, those religious people that say, if you leave your husband, you're sinning. But it's like the Lord did not intend you to go get beat down and brutally raped by your partner. Separation from toxic is not the sin. I would never condone divorce to anybody ever because either you got to be a widow or the person got to cheat. And if you don't forgive them, yeah. the Lord will allow it. He allowed me to get my first divorce, you know, because that marriage was I cheated and started doing stupid things because that's all I knew. You know, men, men treated me like crap. So I got that power back then where it's like, I'm going to treat you like crap. So I destroyed him so much that he started looking the other way. And then the Lord humbled me to the point where it's like, now you're going to fight for your husband because of a side chick. Now I had to share that time with my husband back then with a side chick for two years on and off, begging God for him to save my marriage, mm. you know? And when I finally repented, I was like, you know what? I repent and I want to change. He, unfortunately, he didn't accept my forgiveness. Mm. So since he didn't forgive me, he was now entertaining the distraction that he left the home because of his hurt and pain. And then it caused us to live on the street or mm. in the cars or in hotels. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. One, another thing that I'm not gonna lie when you got this download from God. I'm not going to lie. I would know what I would do. When he said, you have to, for, for, before you walk down this aisle, you got to forgive everyone who's hurt you. What was that like when you uh, are forgiving them be before you walked down the aisle? What was that like? The way it was, I'm the type of person when the Lord asks, I do. It's like, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's it. I've never in five years with my walk with God without being lukewarm anymore, strictly like, okay, if you want me to go forgive, okay, I started calling everybody. <laughs> I started calling everybody in my family, like, forgive me for ever doing this. And people were calling me left and right out of nowhere, um, asking for forgiveness. It was like two, three days before the celebration, there was phone calls left and right and all of that stuff. But what people don't know is I, God was working in me years ago where it's like, all right, well, you were that type of woman where the man who was married with his wife was hitting you up. You too, D, was this eye chick. And now you need to go apologize to the wife. And I did. I've spent all my life, the day I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior over 10 years ago in a jail cell, I started asking people, can you forgive me? I'm sorry that I destroyed your home. Even if you don't physically sleep with anybody else, we were, I was always texting someone else. It's hiding the secrets of the sin. Yeah. You know? So I've, I've been, God's been helping me work through that. Now it's like, I don't really have anybody else right now. Hopefully with me, with me speaking and all of that. Now I got people who 
who went to school with me hitting me up like, hey, remember me in school? Now they see what I'm doing because I was always quiet in school because I was always getting bullied by guys and girls. Oh. I always hated, I always hated the world. I always hated the world, even as a child, even as a child, six years old, I was getting bullied, you know, as a child, you can't run anywhere because you don't feel safe. Yeah. You know, you don't feel safe anywhere. Yeah. But yeah. I wind up, it came naturally. I never hesitate with God. It's like, you know what? I'm going to do what I got to do. If it's going to free people from their minds, I'm going to do what I got to do. I went to my exes and I wind up saying, forgive me if I ever played you. I forgive you for playing me. Even if you don't want to ask for forgiveness, I still forgive you because I want to be free. I forgave the men that forced me with my two oldest. And you know what? One of them died. One yeah. of them died last year. And before I took the last words I told him two years ago was, I forgive you. And then a year later, he died with COVID. Whoa. Yeah. You never know why the Lord wants you to honestly go set people free. The unforgiving heart, in my opinion, ain't going to make it to heaven. Why in the world should you be allowed? up in heaven if you ain't honestly going to forgive anybody we all fall short yeah i was such an evil person to people and people were evil to me why in the world i'm gonna be like well i'm making it to heaven and you're not and it's like no you hypocrite go look at yourself you know and that's exactly what i started doing i started yep. looking at me first yeah i don't point at nobody it's like well that's none of my business the Lord said to be quiet, respect one another, show love, compassion, and mind your business. You know what's funny? I, I, oh my gosh! When I tell you, let me tell you how how funny that that is. What you just said, because I was literally praying and I kept on hearing that verse, and I was just like, "Really? Is that in the Bible somewhere?" Yep. I was. I, really I made a video it. on that. I made yeah. a video on that. And I was tripping and I said, wait a minute. Yep, that's where I got it. First Thessalonians. Yep. yep. And I was just like, live a quiet life, minding your own business, working with your hands. And I said, huh. Yep. I Google everything. Yep. I learned to press the mic. I'm like, you know what, Lord? Where in the Bible verses does it say, mind your business? Bam. You know, I everything pops up. I did the same thing. I did the same thing. I was like, wait a minute. Where does it say? I said, mind your business first. Oh. Ding. There it was. I was like, that this helps. But um, that's how I'm able yeah. to speak the truth. Yeah. Nobody looks in the scriptures. I'm, I'm always on Google yeah. all the time, Google. all the time, all day and night. I'm like, I got to learn all of this. Google, <laughs> Google is my best friend. Google, yep, is, same. I, Google is my best friend. So. I want to say thank you for doing this interview. I really do, because you just dropped jewels and gems and diamonds, whatever all the jewels is you dropped. So <laughs> thank you for that. And I want to ask you right now, I ask you this, what does forgiveness mean to you? Forgiveness is the key. Forgiveness is like that big, huge key being set free. So it's very mm -hmm. important. 
It is so important because why be selfish and not forgive anybody? You know, go set people free, free yourself and free others. That's the beauty of cutting the chains. The Lord want to cut the chains, but if you wrap yourself with them, that's your fault. That's your fault. That ain't nobody else's. Yeah, they did their dirt, but now what are you doing? Are you forgiving them or are you holding a grudge? The Lord taught me don't keep a record on people. Now I don't. I don't. Fact. You know, because we're not, we, we be falling and sinning every day too. So why are we keeping a record on their sin when we should be looking at ours? So Facts. forgiveness is definitely important. Facts. Nothing but again, you just keep dropping gems. I love it. Keep going. Um, <laughs> what do you wish you learned earlier in your journey to forgiveness? I wish I learned the tools of that. I wish I learned the discernment. Like I said earlier, I never knew about the fruits of the spirit. It's like, why? I always ask God, okay, Lord, why? I'm like a kid. Why, 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 why? That's what I do every day. Teach me why it's important to have patience. Yeah. Teach me why it's important to be gentle and kind. Teach yeah. me. You know, it's important to learn the fruits of the spirit. Without those, in my opinion, you got nothing. Yeah. And without love, what I just learned was the love of God is law. It's the law of God, your it family. Is. The love of family is the law of God. People don't love their families anymore, you know? So they keep breaking the law without even realizing it because everybody's like, in their pettiness. They're so petty. Everyone's petty. That's how it is. That's how it was growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. I'm listening. Keep going. <laughs> I mean, like it, it really, it really do be, it just do be pettiness. It really do. Cause I be listening, just like, yeah, I'm not gonna do that because they did this. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's your, that's, yeah. okay, that's what you want to yeah. do. Right. There's some people that we don't ask anymore to go bless them. God was like, you know what? I roll with the threes, three strikes, you're out. I will ask, do you need help? What can I help you to lift up a burden? If you give me no three times, I won't ask anymore and I move on. I move on. People will sit there and be like, no, D and David, it's not your job. It's all these other people that need to help me. And I'm like, but the Lord just sent us to go help you. Why are you blocking us from helping you? You block mm -hmm. your blessing. You block your blessing because why? We don't look the part. We look different. Because the man in the suit or whatever out there with the titles and stuff is what you're looking for. Because I ain't got that. Uh, and the funny people like honestly we might be secretly related because i do the same thing like i asked three times that's my three <laughs> strike rule do you need help no are you sure yes are you positive yes okay i'm gone Move on. and yep. then that's my thing and then they and then when people were just like dang i wish i had help i know i know that just you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm not. You know what? No, no, it's all good. I'm having a great day. I'm having a great exactly. day. Exactly. Having a great exactly. day today. Um, and what do you wish to impart to the people? Wait, what? What do you wish to impart to the audience? 
What does that mean in part? What do you like? What is a piece of what would you like to say to the audience about forgiveness? What would you like to give them about it? Speak There's to them. There's really about not much to honestly give. The most important thing to forgiveness is make sure you go love yourself first. Uh, there we go. You can't honestly step into any direction of forgiveness if you can't even forgive yourself. So there many people live in a guilty and shame way, like, man. I feel guilty for not leaving this person and I wind up wasting so many years and all of this stuff. It is like, snap out of it, go find some self-love, go walk around the block every day that you can, go jog, go do something, go eat right, and then your steps will follow to forgiving others. But it all takes, it all starts with you. It starts you, you gotta honestly clear your mind. And that's, that's the only thing I really have. It starts with you first, then forgiveness, and the rest will follow. Yes. But don't skip the order. Don't skip the instructions and in trying to jump ahead because yes. that's now how God works. Yes. Yes. Danita, thank you for coming on and just dropping everything that's needed in this episode <laughs> like for real so right now i want to give you a chance to promote everything that you're doing social media um business ventures whatever it is the floor is yours tell everybody what you're doing well the only thing i'm doing is spreading the gospel the true gospel on my tiktok which my name on tiktok is called god's chosen loner 85 because we are definitely loners up in here. <laughs> um, on Instagram, my name is Danita85. I wind up going to TikTok to spread the videos. And then it goes to my other platform on Instagram for those people because I follow a lot. I used to be in the gang. So I got some gang people. I got a lot of underground people who listen and respect me because I respect them. Yeah. And then on Facebook, Facebook is the only place that has my whole name, where it's Danita Luce Siboka. And with my t-shirt business, um, I honestly, I, it's Amazon that sells it. It's, I wind up doing the Merch Informer by Amazon, and I make all these shirts with different Bible verses on it because since people have a hard time speaking to people with words because of social anxiety, mm -hmm. the Lord was like, the Lord taught me how to make different, short, simple, but powerful messages and just go walk, go be yeah. the walking messenger. You don't always got to speak something, go walk around and people will look at your shirt. So mm -hmm. I started doing the shirt on Amazon called Danita World. My link though is on my bios. And it'll wind up showing you on the link tree, right on my bios. That's really about it. Just trying to honestly be a walking messenger. That's it. My whole thing is I don't need the money. I just want people to see the message. You know, I wind up, I don't make that much selling t-shirts, but what I look at it, I make a dollar 45. I don't really care. You know why? Because me and my family know what's up. We're good. But what we do with all the extra money when we do have it, 
I look in my circle. All right, is my parents good? My grandparents good? My brothers are good? That's what I do. That's where the money goes. I make sure some of my friends who are widows, I make sure them and their kids are good. You know, because we we are on welfare. So right now we good with child tax payments. We're okay. You know, with food stamps, the Lord's been blessing us. We also connected with a pantry. So since we're good, all of the extra money the Lord sends, even if it's not from the t-shirt, we honestly multiply it with people who need it. You know, the Lord said, if you got it, give freely. And that's what we honestly do. That's all we do. There ain't no shame. There is no shame. Go be a walking messenger. I got like 600 views. And the good thing is people will be like, well, did you get business? I'm like, no. But then they'll be like, why you enjoy? I'm like, because 600 people just read the message. They went on my link tree and with each sentence, they read the message. That's important to me. Forget about the money. That'll happen when the Lord winds up providing that. My whole thing is I want people to read the message. That's my goal. That's my goal. And now little by little people are finding me and now they are walking messengers. That's it. That's all it's got to be. Not everybody got to go knock on your door and stuff and bother people. Nobody want to be bothered most of the time. So go walk in silence. Back to Mundo. Yep. So the clothing line that you're doing, is there a name of it, the name of the business or? Yeah, it, that's where I got Cod's Chosen Loner. Got Chosen Loner. Loner. Got it. Yeah. All right. For everyone who didn't catch that, that's cool. I'm going to put the link in the show notes so that y'all can support her. Um, just thank you for just coming on and just being honest and being open and vulnerable. I appreciate you. I really do. Thank you for this. For real. Thank you. What did I tell you? Did I not tell you that gems were dropped? Did I not tell you gems were dropped? Oh my gosh. She said two things that really got me. Don't let anyone hold a chain around your neck. That's one. And another thing she said, and I'm paraphrasing, just because people whisper the name of God does not mean that they are of him. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That was just powerful. Just, mm. Mm-mm-mm. Danita, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your story and being open and vulnerable. Honestly, we appreciate you. And again, for all new and current listeners, please do us a favor and leave us a five-star written review on iTunes. It helps the podcast get more reach. We appreciate you. I know that there are times where we don't have the strength to forgive those who have hurt us, to do what it takes in this episode, and more. We can only do these things with the power of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins to be forgiven in the past, present, and future. And he rose from the grave to give us eternal life, a relationship with God himself, power over sin, and power over the enemy. If you want Jesus Christ in your life, just pray this. Dear Lord, thank you for dying for my sins and my wrongdoings in the past, present, and future. I confess and believe that you died on the cross for my sins, was buried, and rose again. I give my life to you, Lord. Please come to my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you pray that prayer, I want to say welcome to the family. This is the best decision you could ever make in your life. 
Now that you've made this decision, get in a good Bible teaching church who preaches the gospel and message of Jesus Christ. You can look on Google, social media, and ask family and friends for recommendations. Also, there may have been some things said in this episode that may have triggered some bad memories and bad feelings. If this is the case, please seek a licensed therapist to talk them out. You can go through your healthcare provider, Google, or ask family and friends who receive therapy for recommendations. I want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Power Forgiveness Podcast. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate it on all platforms, and most importantly, share this with other people. You never know what they're going through. I want to let you know that the Power Forgiveness has a group page on Facebook. Join the group and get in on the conversation. That link is in the show notes. I also have my social media page in the show notes. You can follow me on both Instagram and Facebook. You can also leave me a voice message on Anchor. I would love to hear from you. Also, I need your help. I'm enrolled in a coaching program through my local college pursuing a certification in life coaching with the International Coach Federation. As part of the curriculum, I need to reach 100 hours in order to become certified. I'm hoping to connect with individuals who have an interest in being coached and move the needle in their life or needing help in forgiving those who have hurt them. Many people have an interest in moving from where they are to where they want to be, and coaching can be the key that unlocks that potential. I'm asking if you or anyone you know might benefit from coaching to please contact me. I would be happy to chat more about it and be grateful for the help it provides to further my qualification. Also, the first session is free. If you're interested and want to help, click on the link of my bio and schedule a session. I want you all to have an amazing week. And remember that forgiveness is not letting what that person or people said or did to you affect you, your spirit, your future, or where you're going in life. And that's not an excuse for or enabling someone's behavior, but not letting what that person or people did hold you back or keep you from being or grabbing all that God wants you to be or has for you. Have a good one.